Welcome to the Business Made Me Do It podcast, where we cover marketing, business, and overall growth. Here's your host, Caleb Shore. Welcome to the Business Made Me Do It podcast, where we cover business, marketing, and overall growth. As you heard in the intro, I am your host, Caleb Shore. The three pillars of the podcast are business, marketing, and overall growth. And we got a special guest today, Zach Wright. He is the creator of the Amio company, I-M-E-O, which we'll go into what that exactly means. Um, the main focus he has is helping companies improve management employees and organizations, which is a huge thing that most companies do not do, I have found out. Um, he also has a full-time job at the Regulations Technology Company in Charlotte, which we'll keep unnamed at this time. Zach, man, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Caleb. How's it going? Good, man. Good. I know we've, uh, we've, we've talked a lot about this day and getting you on the podcast. I'm, I'm super excited for it, man. Yeah, me too. Um, so we're, we're still in our infant stage here. So I'm, I'm glad that you <laughs> brought me on even in this, in this stage. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, so, I mean, my company as well, conversion stream, we're, we're brand new to it. Um, still growing, still learning, but you know, that's, that's kind of the underlying theme with, with any business. I feel like is you constantly need to grow, constantly need to change things and adapt. And I'm sure you're going through the same thing, man. Um, tell forever for all the listeners, tell everybody like who you are, what you do, what IMEO is all about. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, IMEO, as you mentioned, stands for improving management employees and organizations. And what we really try to do is, is tackle consulting and business coaching from a different aspect. Uh, so whenever you, you think about consulting, you might think of somebody coming in and turning one area around and then kind of jumping out and leaving them to fend for themselves. Um, what we're really trying to do at IMEO is come into the company, analyze it, figure out the root causes. And instead of just turning it around from a business perspective or organization perspective, we're looking at how can we change this company and improve it for the long term. And that includes management employees. Um, but so that's the company. And then about me. So I, I, uh, majored in psychology. We both went to Belmont Abbey, um, yep. our alma mater. Um, <laughs> and, and it was there that I really got the idea for IMEO. So. I did a thesis paper on the happy slash productive worker thesis, which basically says the happier the employee is, the more productive they are, which sounds kind of uh, counterintuitive or, or maybe even like common sense. But uh, like you said, a lot of organizations don't really focus on that. Um, so that's, that's a little bit of my background. I do have a Lean Six Sigma certification um, that kind of helps with the process side. So going into the organization and um, improving it, if, uh, the efficiency and effectiveness of the organization. Um, and then I'm also getting my MBA from the Jack Welch Management Institute. Um, right now, I'll graduate in December uh, 2020. So it's been about congrats, three years. I'm, I'm ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> how, uh, how do you, so you mentioned something earlier. How do you get happier employees? Yeah, so um, there's a there's a method called the job characteristic model, um, where or actually a framework where it breaks down five different elements that will help generate a uh, a happy employee. So that's skill variety. You have task identity, 
and then task significance. And then there's two more that I'll get to in a second, but the skill variety. So to kind of put it in a, in a reverse example, the lack of skill variety is somebody working on a assembly line. So let's say that you have to can jars. So you get the jar, you put the lid on it, you pass it down. You get the jar, you put the lid on it and you pass it down. So obviously that's not a lot of skill variety. Um, and then task identity is the ability to see the job to completion. So um, kind of another reverse example on an assembly line, but using a car is the way that they do it now is you have one specific task. Like let's say I'm going to put on the left door and then I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to pass it along to the next person that's going to put on the right back door. Um, so they don't necessarily get to see the completion of the job. So that's a reverse example. Uh, and then the task, uh, the task significance is the degree to which the job has an impact on the lives around them, which I think is one of the most important. Um, cause if you, if you hear about people being unsatisfied with their position, a lot of time it, it comes from not having that meaningfulness related to what they're doing. Um, so those are the three things um, that really factor into that. And then the last two is autonomy, which is obviously the, the employee's decision on how they perform the work. Uh, so giving them a task and then allowing them to achieve it however which way, but as long as they achieve it, right? And then the last one is I think something that managers specifically forget to do, which is feedback and more specifically feedback in real time. Um, so for example, if you, uh, perform a task and it was this big project and then it does really well, but then you don't receive any feedback in your mind, you're kind of thinking, well, was it a good thing or was it a bad thing? You don't really necessarily know. Or if you made a mistake, uh, at a position, the manager should be able to provide you with some feedback, um, to let you know where you stand, right? So those are kind of the five characteristics that formulate different things as far as a job characteristic. Um, and then there's some moderating factors that are involved in there. So to really enhance the employee satisfaction, it comes from knowledge and skill, uh, growth, need, strength, and then the context uh, satisfaction. Uh, so to kind of break those down is knowledge and skill you, you provide the correct knowledge for a positive outcome. So a lot of time that's proper training. And a lot of companies, what they'll do is they'll provide kind of uh, a streamlined training, which is fine. But to take it a step further, training is ongoing, right? And I think that's where a lot of companies miss out on. They'll train for like that first month of what a lot of people call like boot camp, And then from there, it's kind of off to the races. But... Um, to really help out, you can have mentors that kind of guide people through there, but you want to make sure that it's proper training for that specific position, right? And then the growth needs strength. That's the requirements of the job um, or, or the requirements of the job to match what the employee's needs are. So if, if it doesn't uh, match the employee's experience, uh, or the needs, then the employee's experience will be a negative uh, outcome, right? Uh, if it does match it, then it will increase that that satisfaction. And then the last thing was the context satisfaction. So to what degree is the employee satisfied with the context of the job? And I think I think one of the ways to look at this is, is whenever you think about starting a new position, you're excited, you like it, you, you, you know all these things that are potentially going to happen, and you can take those on positively. But then over time, 
like kind of going back to the skill variety is if it just becomes repetitive, then you're like, well, <laughs> this is just boring now. So now I'm not satisfied with the context of the job. So I know that was a long answer, but it's a, it's a key detail of like moderating factors that go into the five elements that create a satisfied employee. Yeah. And it's, it's very complicated. Like yeah, it is yeah. a very complicated process just from that. I mean, <laughs> I think maybe the first step with that is realizing those, you know, five things that make an employee happy. You know, yeah. I feel like most managers, at least from my experience, when I used to have a nine to five job, you know, I, one thing you said with feedback, I, I didn't get a lot yeah. of feedback. It was a lot of feedback that essentially came from within. Like if yeah. I failed at something or I wasn't good enough, I would know that I wasn't good enough versus my manager higher up telling me I wasn't good enough or, you know, failed yeah. a project or missed a deadline or whatever it is. But I think a lot of, um, companies, especially from my, you know, recent experience in the, in the job industry, they just don't know. They don't, they're not even aware of that. And if you're not aware of it, obviously you're not going to take action on it and, and execute. Um, one, yeah. one thing I did want to circle back to what's your website? Where can people? Oh yeah. Find so <laughs> I guess that's helpful. Um, imeocompany.com. So I M E O company.com. Boom. Okay, cool. Um, so we heard a little bit about you, what IMEO stands for. Um, I, I'm super interested in like where you came from, wherever uh, yeah. all the guests, like what your history is, where you're at, you know, right now. Cause a lot of people see the starting a company and we'll get into your course and all that. Yeah, um, yeah. A lot of people see that, see the, you know, the success <laughs> and starting and taking the leap, but like take me back a little bit with like where you were in high school and college and like, did you have a business sense? Like, give me a little bit of background about you personally. Yeah. So, uh, we'll start at high school. So, um, my junior year, I, I like to start there because that's kind of where the rough patches are. <laughs> um, so my junior year, I started a new school. It was a new school that was built in, in China Grove where we kind of grew up. You were from Enochville. <laughs> but um, so we had that. I had to transfer or the districts were made where I had to go from South Oran to Carson. So I was a new student in a new school with new people. Um, I was also dealing with some other things, life personal, uh, had a friend passed away at, uh, he was 21. I was 13, but it was somebody that I looked up to a great amount. Um, so I was trying to deal with that and I found different ways to cope <laughs> from that. Uh, I won't get too specific, but, um, basically my junior year, I had two suspensions, um, pretty much in a, a month and a half, uh, and they were both two week suspensions. So that means that I had one week to get suspended again, <laughs> which isn't <That's> good. talent. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I had dedication there back then too. Um, but no, so from that, it was actually a positive there for a little bit because from there up up to that point, I really only knew sports, and I went to school so I could play sports and. Being able to, or I guess not being able to, but being restricted to play sports, it, it taught me that, okay, I can't get through life with just sports alone. And I met this great teacher, I think you might know him, uh, Mr. Pope, and um, he, really, he really took me under his wing. And I remember one specific thing that he said, because I, 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 I cracked a joke in his U.S. history class, 
And he said, Zach, let's go outside. <laughs> I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> not, a, not a good <laughs> yeah. sign. But it, it was what he said here that really started the, mind, the mindset change. He said, Zach, anybody can be a class clown, but not everybody can be smart. And the reason is, is because if you're a class clown, like you just have to be funny. You can do whatever it is. You know, you can be physical, you can be uh, verbal with whatever it is that's funny. But to be smart, if you're not born with it, or even if you are born with it, you have to work for it, you know? And I, and I really took that to heart. And from that conversation, I started making straight A's. Uh, I think I made a couple B's here and there. Um, but from that conversation, I actually started thinking about college. And I, it's, it's, it's strange because the people around me, they were talking about college, but I never really thought about it. And luckily my senior year, I was able to get back on the, on the baseball field. And uh, I think we were both recruited by Chris Anderson, um, that, uh, he, he was part of South Rand Legion and then now, um, part of Belmont Abbey, but he recruited me and that was literally the only college that I got into. Like, and the only reason I got in was I'm pretty sure because of baseball. <laughs> so, so good and bad. Right. Um, but so once I got into Belmont Abbey, we both went to the, to Belmont Abbey at the same time. So just to put it into perspective, when did you graduate? Uh, 2012, 2012. I graduated in 2016. I had to think about that for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I graduated in 2016. A lot of people don't know that. So that's four years after I was supposed to graduate. So four victory laps, <laughs> four victory laps. That's right. I felt like Van Wilder. <laughs> um, so what happened in there from that time was I, uh, I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety. And I used to say I suffer from depression and anxiety, but I don't suffer from it. I was diagnosed with it. So it's something that I have, um, that, that I'm able to deal with now, but during that time, I wasn't aware of it. So I, I dropped out uh, my fourth year, took a semester off, and then I came back. And then I dropped out again, came back, dropped out again. And, and the story kind of continues until I finally went back for the final time. But what was strange was I, uh, I went back. But at this time, all the other times, I quit my job to go back to school. And then I would run out of money. And then I found out that like kind of money kind of fuels me in a sense, along with passion. But at that time, like I didn't have any money. So it was kind of like, if I don't have it, then my mind does a little crazy thing. So, um, but I finally went back, I graduated. And during that time of doing the happy slash productive worker thesis, I found organizational psychology, which is kind of where I, I discovered the job characteristics model and what I went through earlier. Um, so I know that's kind of a long story too, but um, from that time, I was able to shift my mind. And, and so I do life coaching and business coaching. Um, that's what IMEO company does. And within that, I'm able to use my journey of reshaping my brain, which is actually hard work. It's like exercising the mind, Very just like hard. exercising. Yeah, just like exercising your body. Um, and now I use that for my clients that I have. And, um, it, it's been very beneficial and, and we've received a lot of good feedback so far. Cool, man. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like what for you, what shifted, obviously that Mr. Pope statement, yeah. um, you know, you're getting A's and B's, but 
why do you think you kept dropping out and coming back? And then is it determination? Was it, you know, was it something else going on? Like, why did you continue to stick it out? Yeah, I think, I think it was a mixture of a few things. So I know, I know that my parents wanted me to graduate. Um, but even deeper than that, I wanted to complete the, what I started, you know, um, I think that using depression and anxiety was kind of a crutch there for a little while where it was like, okay, well, the reason you can't do that is because you have this. But then at some point, and, and I wish I could say it was like that moment or there was like one specific time, but I think gradually you, um, you really, you really start seeing things and you put, uh, like, like Steve Jobs says, you connect the dots looking back. Yeah. Um, but I do think that there was a positive psychology class that I took um, as part of my, my major that we had to do an exercise where you change just one thing in your life for the better. And at that time, I, I was like addicted to working out. Uh, I, was, I still work out, but not, <laughs> not as addicted or crazy about it. But um, that one thing that I shifted was um, just, just eating leaner meat. You know, so I switched from like ground beef to fish and chicken. And what I found was for me to continue on that journey, I had to find ways to keep myself motivated, which actually kind of, so over the years, I used to want to find out how people stay motivated. So if you look at somebody like Tony Robbins, like you're going to, you're going to say like he is always motivated, but the truth is, it's not that he's motivated. He, he has these habits and routines that he's formed over the years that he's done it. So whenever he wakes up, he doesn't even think about being motivated. He thinks about what he has to do to achieve his goals. And that's, I think that positive psychology uh, exercise and project really shaped my mind where it was that I was creating habits, but at the time I was calling it motivation. Um, but yeah, I think that was the shift is, is creating those habits that become a part of your normal routine. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. And I, I wanted to touch on the Tony Robbins things. I've seen <laughs> videos b before he goes on stage, like getting in oh, the zone yeah. is what people call it. it. It's crazy, man. He like, he has his trampoline that he goes into and he like gets in like a corner and just, you can just yeah. tell he's just turning it on. Like he jumps exactly. on his trampoline <laughs> and then he's like, no, no, everybody knows don't talk to him during this routine. Yeah. And it's crazy that like, even those guys have routines. I mean, that's a very extreme routine, but mm -hmm. getting up early, not hitting the snooze button, which I'm terrible at, um, <laughs> like reading and meditating and exercising. It's just yeah. creating those routines that make you a successful thing. And, and um, one thing I want to touch on with you, it's like, you don't do that overnight. It doesn't happen in no. 30 days. It doesn't happen in 365 days. It happens years and years and years of work. It's not, it's not something easy. It's, it's legit work to yeah. create these habits like brushing your teeth. I'm sure when you first started <laughs> that, it was very hard to do and you forgot to do it. And, and you know, you felt resistance and it's just, it's everything, man. It's just people yeah. don't, don't think about routines as work nowadays. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially you come in from a, I want to jump kind of now with what you're, what you're offering with the business and life coaching, you'll come yeah. into a company and then you'll essentially talk me through that process. Like what does that process work like? Like say you're yeah. auditing my company. How, how does that work? So 
a lot of times what will happen is it starts with a conversation. You know, I want to learn more about what their issues are, what their pain points are, where they were and where they want to go and where they are currently. Um, and in, you mentioned Lindsay Ling and six Sigma certification. So what they really try to do or, and preach in that methodology is get to the root cause because, and, and I, and I talk about this a lot is a lot of companies will shoot for that short term win, which is great. You want to have the short term wins, but for us, we want to have the short term wins with the long term in mind, right? So we want to get to the root cause. And, and so the process is to learn about the owner, learn about the company, learn about the processes and the people. And then from there, we can define what that root cause is, what are their biggest pain points and kind of start from there. And it's all different for everybody, I'm sure you know, but yeah. that's kind of yeah. where we start at. Yeah. And I mean, as you're talking through that, that's literally what we do as well. It's like <laughs> yeah. first conversation, we learn about the business and the owner. And then yep. it's like, okay, if they're at a million dollars in revenue and their goal is 1.5, it's like, okay, if you don't change anything, nothing is going to change, right? Exactly, yeah. So sim similar type conversations we're having. So yeah. once you kind of learn about them, then what? Like what are some actionable items that a listener now can go and, and execute on? If yeah, they're so either <laughs> wanting to start a business or um, let's just say for this example, they have a business and they're not where they want to be. Okay, so if, if they have a business and they're not where they want to be, really, I think it's looking at yourself, but let's say that we come in there and we help you do that. A lot of times that's kind of what it is. You know, um, just because you start a business doesn't necessarily mean that you're self-aware. Um, so if we can bring that self-awareness to the owners or to the, the, to the company, then they can kind of look at it through a different glass. Um, so as, as far as like, tangible takeaways that they can do right now. Um, we were kind of talking about this before where, you know, honestly, if they can't afford like a consulting or something, go to YouTube, go to Google and, and, or uh, LinkedIn has a lot of articles too. try to find something in their specific area that they have an issue with and see what they can do with uh, themselves. Uh, but as far as our company, what we'll do, we'll um, go through their, We'll talk to each person as an interview, as I mentioned, and then we'll break it down. So, so in technology, they use like a work breakdown structure. And that's kind of what we, we do because we don't want to take on everything all at once. We want to break it down into these small steps, kind of going back to the routine. You, you, don't want, you, you can have a big picture goal and some, some owners, they'll get so focused on that that they can't reverse engineer it and bring it back to the first step. So that to me that's kind of like the big part is to break it down into those actionable items. Um, it's kind of hard to get into it without having a specific example, but right. that's what I would say is like they can break it down and make it tangible. And then um, you can, you can break it into weekly, monthly goals or quarterly goals or even annually goals, but you want to, you want to be able to start somewhere and that's kind of how, how we approach it. Yeah. And just taking the huge elephant like I'm sure you've heard the saying, how do you, how do you eat an elephant or I might be watching yeah. that, but it's like one bite at a time. And it's like, yeah. you can't eat it all at once. It's impossible. No one can, not even Tony Robbins or Gary Vee or whoever it is, but yeah, it's like, exactly. okay, what is one thing I can do right now or today that could put me on the right track for that long-term goal? And it yeah. seems like and, you, you, yeah, go ahead. 
Yeah. So sorry to cut you off, but like, as you were speaking, so one, one of the other things that is, is very tangible is to figure out what, what ballpark you're playing in, right? Like sometimes business owners, they'll start and they'll have that grand vision and they want to be the next Google or the next Amazon. But the likelihood of that happening is, is very low. So, so find out who you are as a company. And that's what we also help with is like creating the mission and vision of your company. Like, why did you start this? Go back to that. Go to who you are. Double down on who your target audience is. And um, I, I'm not sure. She went to Belmont Abbey as well. But Maria Abbey, uh, mm -hmm. I kind of bounce ideas off of her. Uh, she's the leader of running myself together, little plug in there, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, but she really helps me too. Uh, so I kind of have a coach in a sense, but, um, she really helped me target down the audience that, that we, uh, focus on, which is small businesses and startups in services or, uh, software as a service. Um, cause those kind of reflect on my background. Um, but diving into, specifically like she'll she'll even go into say okay your target audience is a mother of three that has a part-time job and has this going on and her sister is Karen or something you know so so she really like goes into detail and I've kind of adopted that from her that we uh, implement here too yeah that's that's funny you mentioned that we like the more and more we talk, the, the more I'm like seeing similarities <laughs> with the conversations I'm yeah. having with business owners. Cause like we literally do an exercise where we'll have the owner or whoever it is. Maybe it's not the owner, but maybe yeah. CEO or whatever. We'll have them do an exercise of, Hey, write down your target audience, um, who they are, be as specific as possible. Um, and it makes them kind of get the wheels turning because a yeah. lot of times people are just busy running the day to day and they don't really focus on, they don't have enough vision and, you know, setting the mission with like, what is, who are you going after? Is it yeah. a mom with three kids or is it a single male age 45 and up? Like yeah. what is it specifically? So we do an exercise where we'll kind of, kind of give them homework where it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Hey, write down your marketing goals, who your target audience is, what your vision for your company is and where are you there? And if not, why do you think you're not there? Yeah. And that, so, um, I think you, you mentioned it before on another podcast, but uh, so you mentioned about growing the business versus doing the business. I actually just, so I'm a big fan of the profit. Have you ever seen that show? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Marcus Lamonis. Yes. So I love him. I love that show. Uh, he was actually doing a LinkedIn speaking. Now this is like years old, but it's on YouTube. And one of the owners was saying she was focusing on uh, doing the business rather than growing the business. And I, and I, I thought that that's very, um, insightful of her to be self-aware in the first, in the first thing. But then the second thing is whenever it comes to that, that's where like your company can come in and really help them out because if they're, you have to focus on doing the business, but then also you have to be able to bring awareness to it. Or it's like having uh, a diamond lost in a, in a haystack and nobody knows that it's there because it's hidden. Right. So um, that, that just reminded me of that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that's a good point. You, you have to, 
you have to know the difference. And actually there is a book, which is next on my list. Um, E-Myth Revisited. Nice. Uh, one of my mentors just bought me this and awesome. sent it to me. And it's, he talks about, there's, I, I can't, I've read it once, but it was years ago. There's like four, yeah. four levels. And then you have to remove yourself from working in the business to working on the business. Yeah. And that's where you move up to like the manager position is what he calls it. And mm-hmm. then slash business owner. And there's different levels, but yeah. that's, it's very powerful. And it, it, I don't think people really understand it to execute on it. From, yeah. from what I'm, from what I'm seeing and we focus on small businesses, probably very similar to, to who you're going after as well. It's like, yeah. you have to be self-aware to know and also to execute on that knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big thing. Cause so you mentioned uh, project management office lead. One of the things um, that I do in my current position, so not necessarily my company, but my current position is we focus on, on, execution because we have a planning phase that we get all the requirements. We make sure that everybody understands what they need to do. But then at some point you have to jump over onto execution because if you don't, if you stay in planning, you're never going to see any results. So I I like that, uh, the story that you said, because I I feel like sometimes you can get into that uh, analysis paralysis piece Mm -hmm, and then you you lose the the part on execution. And I've even found myself doing that sometimes with building IMEO because it's, it's fun to create like some Canva uh, templates and, and, and do some of the research where it's like, okay, the average entrepreneur is 40 years old. I thought it was younger. So that's fun facts. But where does that, come into play versus, okay, now I got to execute. Like I can give all this, but like, how can I close this? How can I start helping these people? Cause that's the main goal. Yeah. I, I'm the same way, man. I, I, uh, I'm a research, like I, I'll research the crap out of something and <laughs> yeah. I'll find myself not taking action on the things that I just learned. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, I still struggle with it today where, where it's like, you know, I like, for example, this podcast, I've literally been plotting this podcast in my head for three years and I finally just pulled the trigger because I've just been sitting on the idea idea for so long. But I think these successful people are the ones that think less and do more. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Even when it's not thought out, fully thought out, like you, you build the plane on your way down. I'm sure you've heard that statement. Uh, it's just CEO of LinkedIn, or it used to be Reed, Hastings? Reed Hoffman. Oh. Hastings is, is Netflix. Uh, yeah, Hoffman, you're right. Yeah. Right. Um, but no, no, that's, that's exactly right. Um, and, and with, with working with like small businesses, um, sometimes it's hard to do that. And what, so within IMEO, what we've done is we created an online course. So it's a, it's a 10 week online course for people who are just starting our business or have an idea and they want to figure out how to accomplish that. So it, it, it blends right into what we're saying here is a lot of people have that idea, but they won't do anything about it. So what our program or our online course helps to do is create what is called a business built to last. So that first week is finding out how to choose the right business, right? So, Um, A lot of times people will think that they have the greatest idea in the world, but then they'll do that market research, which is week two. And then they'll figure out, Oh, 
crap. <laughs> Nobody wants to buy this. Mm -hmm. So the real goal with Business Built to Last is to help people that want to become entrepreneurs reduce that risk of taking that leap, you know? So in addition to market research, we also do startup cost. We do um, trying to find the right business entity. And then we even go through business plans. So building your own business plan, your uh, value proposition. So how are you differentiated versus your customer or I mean, excuse me, your, your competitor. And then we go into emotional branding. Um, that's a little bit different than just branding. You're tying emotions to yep. what somebody's going to buy. And, and I'll go a little bit deeper on that. So with emotional branding, I've done this for my, my father's company where we took his story, um, which, which is kind of a, a rough story. He had a brother that passed away um, from, from a gunshot that from a gun that hasn't been shot in 16 years. What we did was we wanted to take his memory and make it live on. So my dad's company used to be RJ Wright company. Now it's Thomas Allen renovations, which is his brother's name, Thomas Allen. And our, our slogan, so to say is uh, turning the past into your future. And really it's a renovations company. So what we're trying to do here is turn something that's ugly and make it beautiful again. You know, so whenever you think about renovations, that's what we're doing. We're providing uh, an older situation or something that's ruined and we're, we're reapplying what was beautiful about it before, you know, and making it new again. So that's, you can do it that way from a branding perspective, or you can connect with somebody you can connect. So I think Nike does this a really great way where they're connecting the emotion to that customer. They're saying, Hey, we're Nike, we're a big brand, but actually we understand what you go through on a daily basis. Um, I think they just had a commercial come out that was very similar to that. Yeah. Um, so, so you can do it in, in those different ways. And then the last thing is to, in, in the online course is to launch, go to, go to market strategy. So really from week one to week 10, and there's templates included, there's quizzes to make sure that you're retaining the information. There's videos from me. So you, you should get excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's a little awkward me be, being on camera, but it's it okay. is, it is <laughs> me too. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, so like the, the, by the 10th week, even if you just start with a, uh, um, an idea, there's templates that you will be able to leave on the 10th week feeling comfortable and excited to launch your business. So uh, we created that in the sense, in the, in the, uh, the, still the aspect of IMEO, where if we can target the company before it even starts, then we can help them create a business built to last, but also with keeping the employee in mind. So it kind of comes full circle. Yeah. It's like keeping it, um, keeping it on the flywheel. Uh, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the term, but it's like, okay, if I pr provide this service, there should be a flywheel of other services that help yeah, all of exactly. them kind of move upward together. And exactly. it seems like you guys are doing that. Uh, just question with that. And I want to talk about your, your dad's business because it's yeah, a yeah. crazy result that you return. <laughs> but first, are you offering the course included in your consulting? your business and life coaching? So it, so the online course is, it's $200. And the way that I did that was it's 10 weeks. So you break it down. It's actually $199.99, which is $19.99 per week if you break it down like that. And what I'm doing with that is 
anybody who goes through that process will get me as a business coach for 10 weeks, basically free. You know, so if you have, I'm the instructor, it's all self-led. But if you have a question, you have my email, you have my phone number, you can reach out to me and you basically get 10 weeks free of a business coach. And then from there, hopefully we can partner up and and move forward. But it it depends on how we connect and all that. Um, I know that, that you had a podcast earlier where you were talking about, you don't always take on the, the customer that comes to you. You know, you really have to vet them out. Do they work well with you? And we kind of do the same situation where if, if the person isn't willing to put in the work, then honestly, that's not my kind of people. I want people who are inspired to grow, to become uh, the best and, and reach their greatest potential. So they do get me for 10 weeks, but if, it's a, if they don't have that kind of personality fit, then we might part ways afterwards. Right. Right. And that, yeah, I mean, you have to, you, the work has to be split up and you have to have people that are willing to put in, put in the work as well. Um, one thing I did yeah. want to touch on before we hit the rapid fire round, which I'm super excited <laughs> about. Um, yeah. so your dad's company, they're a renovation company. You increased their what by 1000%. So their, their revenue, by 1,152%. Okay. I, I thought that year. was a typo for a second. <laughs> no, it's no, not I, a typo, people. <laughs> I always have to say that because I usually just stick to the 1,000%. And they're like, ah, oh, that has Rent, to be I mean, extra zero. <laughs> right, right. I mean, 100% in revenue, like that's a huge increase, but 1,000% yeah, yeah. in revenue. Talk to me how, how that went down. Yeah, so it, it was kind of the process of IMEO before I knew that that was the process. Um, Cause I was looking around and actually Gary V mentioned something and, and his past was he, he kind of helped his dad's company. And from hearing one of his stories, I was like, okay, well I love business. I don't have as much experience as I want. What is something around me that I can do or uh, contribute to? And I did this for free right now. I get a little percentage, but <laughs> I did it for free um, for, for three years. And, and what I did was I went in there, I talked to him. It was, it's a one person owner. So we subcontract a lot of different things. Um, but I went in there. I understood. I, I tried to understand the current state. I tried to understand the past. And then I tried to understand the future state. And, and in Lean Six Sigma, there's a value stream map. Um, so it's, it's kind of like these little pictures that connect to different things. So like um, the sales process will connect to uh, the clothes, which will connect to um, buying the material and then it connects to the workers doing the labor and so on and so forth. So I did that and, and I noticed that the lead time was just ridiculous, which lead time is how long it takes to complete the full, the full project from uh, sales to completion of the project. And it was just ridiculous. I think it was like almost 30 days. And what I did from there was I, I looked at that in the process time, which is all the things that that you do to get to the, uh, to the complete project. Um, but it doesn't involve the time in between. So the lead time is the full process. So that would be 30 days. And then the process time was only like four days. So it, it, there was a big gap in between there. So what I did was I analyzed that and then I, I worked with him on different processes on how can we shorten this phase? How can we shorten this phase? How can we make this phase more effective? And so that was one of the things that we did. 
And then another thing, which is what we talked about with the online course is the market research. A lot of people forget this part. So what we realized was he was, he was doing 30 to 35%, making 30, 35% on, on uh, a final project. So that was the profit. And then whenever I did the research, really there was 50% that he should be taking home at least, right? So the combination of shorting the pro- uh, shortening the process and making it more effective along with doing the market research and changing those margins just kind of came in and, and made the, the big difference that's the $1,000 increase. It's a perfect storm, you know? Yeah, it, it really is. And a lot of people don't know to do that. And, and if you don't know to do that, that's whenever you bring on a business coach, a business consultant that can help you, you know, not everybody knows everything. And you need to know that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. You, you have to get a specialist and it, we, we preach the same thing. We, we have people on our team that specifically do Facebook, specifically yeah. do Google and specifically do email and then the follow up. So it's like, I used to be that. I, I understand what you're saying. I used to be that person where it's like, okay, I do everything. I do yeah, a website, yeah, yeah. I do graphic design, <laughs> but it's like, you can't do everything well. And if no. you do, you're going to be performing at, you know, subpar capacity. So yeah. Yeah, it's, and, it's, it's finding and those specialties. That, yeah, and speaking on that, um, I recently saw something. So if you think about it, it's, it's not even um, can you do it or can you not, but it's more so, so this kind of goes into Lean Six Sigma too, not to make this all about Lean Six Sigma, but um, if you hire somebody that is 10 times better than you at a specific thing, they're going to do that at half the time that you did it versus the time that you that that it took you to do it right and a lot of people will see okay well we're hiring a specialist that is this price so it's ridiculous we can't do it mm-hmm. so i'm going to do it which takes time away from this other project that extends the project but what they don't understand is this this salary that you're paying this person is reducing the time that it takes to complete it so you're actually not paying them as much as you think because they can do what you do in two hours and 30 minutes, you know? So, so yeah. And I then saw what, that. what do you do for that other hour and a half? You just freed up your time. Then that exactly. is probably dedicated to something that you're very good at. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, so that's kind of part of IMEO as well is we define clearly the, the roles that specific people should do. Because if you can do that, not only are they going to be happier because that's their thing, the company is going to be more productive because they're happier, you know, and then that should raise the bottom line. And then that's essentially how you improve management, employees, and the organization as a whole. Exactly. Nailed it. (laughs) I like it. I like it. (laughs) It makes sense, man. Uh, I think you're definitely on to something. Super excited for your, for your growth. Um, obviously let, let me know if there's anything I can do to help, but yeah, yeah, just wrapping up, man. I'm, uh, anything we didn't cover, uh, that you wanted to kind of touch on, then we'll hit the rapid fire round. Um, not that I can think of. I, th- I think we, <laughs> I think we covered a lot of different things yeah. in a short period of time. Yeah. So, all right, let's, let's get into it. What is one thing people, uh, sorry, let me rephrase that. One thing <laughs> not many people know about you. Uh, well, I guess anybody listening to this, they might not know that I rap. <laughs> 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 I feel like I had to get that in there because I, I do believe in transparency, right? So um, but yeah, I've been, I've been rapping for 
I don't even know how long now. I'm 30. It's been a while. I, I started yeah. in thir- like 13. So I do have some songs on iTunes and Spotify. Just look up Z-Right. Z-Right. Yeah. Also, Also, I do have a blog, the writing blog, and it's my last name. So the W-R-I-G-H-T-I-N-G dot com. Yep. And that, that one, I dive into a lot of details. So, and it's, yeah, it could it's, be, uh, management, it could be leadership. It could be my personal story, um, business tips and things like that. Cool. Cool. The content model. I love it. If you had an additional 10 grand handed to you right now, where would you spend it in your business? Hmm. I think I think a lot of it would probably have to do with marketing. Um, I think that's probably the biggest thing that I I need to focus on. Okay, what is one thing you're excited about right now? Everything that's going on, <laughs> everything. So um, I mean, PMO lead at, at the current position, IMEO. I'm excited to see where this can go. Because uh, I do think that it's a different view on consulting and business coaching. Um, and then obviously the online course, helping people get to that point where they can feel comfortable to take that leap of faith. So those are things I'm excited about. Cool, cool. What is one crazy thing businesses made you do? Oh, I don't know. I'm obsessed with business. So I think everything that I do is business. <laughs> so probably, <laughs> probably the craziest thing has changed my life. <laughs> favorite app on your phone no one's heard about oh no one's heard about oh that's tough sleeper app <sighs> i'd have to look at my phone um i mean honestly i use word on my phone <laughs> which okay it's kind of strange yeah that's a, that's a new one <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> cool cool um who should i interview next is in your network oh Either Shavam uh, Patel or Maria Abbey. Okay. I think, I think those would be good people to interview. I actually reached out to Maria last night. Oh, perfect. Yeah. I was, hopefully. I was, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, I'm sure I can get her own. Um, so that is it, man. Great job. You passed the rapid fire round. Um, just to kind of wrap up, where can people go to find out more about you and your company? Yeah. So we have LinkedIn page, Facebook page, IMEO company, website imeocompany.com so imeocompany.com uh the writing blog and then my instagram my personal instagram is zach a right so z-a-c-h-a-w-r-i-g-h-t cool man thanks for coming on it was fun (laughs) yeah no it was fun i appreciate it there you have it ladies and gentlemen that was zach Wright of the imeo company I-N-E-O company.com. Go check him out. He's got a, uh, online course as well. Um, yeah, just a super interesting guy. We, we played baseball together, which we didn't even touch on in college, but he's, he's up to big things. Um, hopefully you enjoyed this episode and, uh, yeah, cue the outro. <laughs>